to the world-changing series. We definitely don't think that we can change the world. But if the Christians are not part of changing the world, then who will be? So definitely when we hear world changers and world changing, and sometimes we have that feeling like, that can't be for me. That's probably for somebody else. But if we as Christians don't take this honor and responsibility seriously, who will? We look at the disciples, they definitely took it seriously. Before the resurrection, there was a lot of funny, clumsy things that they did. After the resurrection, after Pentecost, the disciples were different, right? They looked different, they were speaking differently. In the book of Acts, we can see it clearly. They were different. Something was different after the resurrection. And especially in their faith. You know, Father Anthony said something last week. He said they were considered like idiotes, right? And I just kept laughing at that statement because if they were kind of like idiots, what about us? So we feel we should feel good that we can be part of this world-changing opportunity, right? Like, you know, we look at the world, we see how dark it is and some challenges. We say, okay, that's going to keep getting worse. But I want you not just to attend this series. I want you to start to think and pray. Can it really be me? Can it really be you? Is there a, a potential for that? And like I said, Christians, if we're not doing it, who's going to do it? If the church is not part of changing the world, I don't know who will be. And here's the hard part for today. The hard part for today is we're going to talk about speaking. Okay? Like, it's okay if I'm at work and I'm, I don't have to say anything to anybody, or I'm at a neighborhood, and I, but if I have to, I can just kind of be Christian, but if you're going to ask me to speak, and that's what we're going to talk about today, I'm out, right? We think that right away, I'm not going to speak to anybody, and here's the hard part, something I noticed since I came back from Zambia, it is really, really hard to speak about God. It is really hard. It's like oversensitive society, and I don't know what happened over the years, but one thing I notice is that when I'm in Zambia, I can share freely. When I came here, I feel like I'm in chains. I can't speak. If I say something, someone will take it the wrong way. It's really oversensitive. But does that mean we just accept it? I don't think so, because we have to go back to what our Lord said after He resurrected, and before He ascended, He said the following, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Preaches a speech. We have to speak. We have to use our words. We have to be able to bring Christ to people through our words. We have to encourage people around us. And you say, okay, look, I, I can encourage someone, but I can't talk about Christ. I can't do it. But this is this is not like an optional thing. God gave us this commission, this, this command for us, all of us to do who are part of the church. Some of us would quickly say, no problem. Um, something we always hear from St. Francis is, I, you know, preach to all the world, and if necessary, use words. You know that one? Like basically saying, my life is going to be my preaching. I'm okay with that. Actually, that's important. But even St. Francis said, if necessary, use words. Guess what? It's necessary. This is a time in the world, if we want to change it, we're going to have to open up our mouths. I'm not saying open up and judge and, and criticize or we're going to have to open up and share. 
And that's probably the hardest part for every one of us. As soon as you say, oh, you have to go and tell somebody about God, everyone starts breaking a sweat. Come Monday morning, I know we're on virtual, a lot of us, but wherever you are, when there's people, and we're starting to open up now, there's lots more people you can interact with. The thought of saying something to them, is it necessary to speak? Let me give you a small story from, from Zambia. In the area where I used to live in Zambia, it's like a community. We have the church and our housing for all those who live there are also there. So we had three really cute, cute, cute dogs. I know some of you really love, love dogs. Mary Grace and Dahlia have been trying to convince me to get a dog, but I'm not budging so far. Anyways, cute, cute, cute dog. Get a cute dog. There was three really, really, really cute dogs in Zen. But they were cute killer dogs. They lived right next door to me. So when you got in your house, these cute little dogs were killers. They tore up a few of my galabeas and they would just eat me. I had to try to befriend them. I was trying everything to give them some food, everything. Finally, I made friends with these three cute killer dogs. But I want to tell you, there's so many people who visit my house that didn't know about these cute killer dogs. So as soon as they would come in, I would try to warn them, say, look, by the way, you're going to see some nice little, little dogs. Stay away. Turn around and go back out the gate and don't come right now. I'll find a way to get you in. And I'll tell you, I had to warn people, like many people. Now let me, tell, let me ask you something. What if I didn't warn them? Actually, by the way, there's been so many times people would come into that gate. I can at least think of 50 people who were eaten by these dogs. I mean, eaten, they would go crazy. They were so cute, but then they would attack. Anyways, I don't want to keep talking about these cute killer dogs, but what I want to tell you is that it's important for us, there is a time to speak. I had to warn people, hey, when you come into the in my house, be careful, there's these dogs. And there is a killer dog out there. And we have to tell people about someone who can save them from this killer dog out there, this evil one. We have to speak. You would have thought I was insensitive if I didn't tell you, if you came to my house today here in Zambia, I mean, sorry, here in America, if I, and there was another killer dog in my house, and I didn't tell you, you would say, well, what are you doing to me? Why are you trying to hurt me? You would think that's insensitive. So I think we need to take that into the spiritual realm. I think we need to take that into, okay, there's so many people out there that just need to hear the goodness of God. And I'm going to show you a verse here that really, really touches me. In 1 Corinthians Chapter 9, verse 16. You can see St. Paul, he thinks about this. He said, For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of. For necessity, that's the word I really love. For necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. It's a necessity. It means it's something that I need. Like, you need air to breathe, right? You need food to survive. You need a shelter over your head. You need those things. It's not a want. It's not like I want to go to Hawaii vacation. I don't want. To, I want a bigger house. I want. Or I want more money. Those are wants, and that's fine. But speaking about the goodness of God, or speaking what God has done in your life, that's a necessity. That's a need. That changes the perspective, right? Because you know somebody else can do that. Isn't that what we think? That is not for me. But Saint Paul had it right. It's a necessity. It's a need just like the air that we breathe, that we breathe. Last week, Father Anthony spoke about faith. It's not a belief that we keep to ourselves. 
It's a behavior, what? Born out of belief. If you believe, there's a different behavior. Today, that behavior includes what we say. How we talk to each other. And here's kind of the key point of today. We speak boldly about what we believe deeply. Let's say that together, all together. We speak boldly about what we believe deeply. Whatever you believe from the depths of your heart, you're going to speak. You're going to speak whatever is inside of you that you enjoy, that you love. I'm going to get to that in a second. Whatever is inside that you really love and believe, speak about it freely. And that's what the disciples did. When Jesus rose from the dead, they couldn't hold it in. It was a need. The disciples, the apostles, it was like they couldn't wait to tell people about God because they believed, really. They believed, guys, when we say we believe in one God, it's not just words we say in the church. We believe it's, it's a behavior outside and it's a speech outside. Our speech does need to change. Our behavior does need to change. That's how we can become world changers. Acts chapter 4, 31. And when they had prayed, this is like during the time of the disciples and when Peter and John were uh, helping the lame man to walk and so forth and they got arrested. We're going to talk about that in a second. But it said when they had, when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Because they believed, they prayed, they would speak. Guys, we can't keep coming into the church and praying and then listening and then we go out these doors and we're quiet. It can't. It can't be like that. And we're missing the Great Commission. We're missing what the early church was doing. The early church was doing what we need to continue to do. We're the continuation of that church. Actually, when we look up the word boldness in Greek, parisia, the word parisia, which is, means boldness, means all speech. You know, when you say when someone is bold, it's not just his actions. Actually, the, the root word of boldness means to speak. So if you are bold in anything, you're going to speak about it. What you believe deeply is what you will speak about. And we speak about so many things in life that we that we truly believe in, that we truly love. I hope that continues with our life with God. St. Peter and St. John, Acts chapter 3, they helped this lame man walk. You know what happened to them? Everybody around like, wow, Peter and John, they, 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 left this, they helped this guy who was kind of like lame and paralyzed to get up and walk. You know what happened next? They were arrested. They were arrested. You know what happened next? They're kind of like, you know, on trial. The Sanhedrin, they didn't like him very much. Look what happens next. I want you guys to pay attention. There's a few verses here. I want you to follow with me. I want you to see these guys who just made a miracle started telling people about how great God was. They're arrested. And guess what happens next? And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against Sanhedrin. They could say nothing against him. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves. Let's continue. Saying, what shall we do to these men, Peter and John? For indeed, that a notable miracle has been done through them. It's evident all the dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. We cannot deny it. I want to tell you something, guys, honestly. When people see out there, 
when they see someone who is really following Christ and openly sharing about God, not in a judgmental way, not in a way that rebukes people, but just sharing their life with God, sharing their experiences. That person is shining and people can't deny it. No matter what we do out there, people say, why is he speaking or why is she doing that? No matter what people say is, when we leave these doors and we hit the world, if you're at the grocery store or you're with your co-workers or you're with friends, people can't deny how amazing God is. They can't, they can't, they can't refute that there's a notable miracle. There's something special. There's something radiant about that person. So we have responsibility as Christians, as a church. You might say something that a lot of people tell me to say, look, there's so much darkness out there. You know, with COVID and terrorism and sicknesses and debt and problems financially, it's really, really tough out there. That's why God needs us to speak up. If all that darkness is out there, who's the light? You and me are the lights. We're little lights out there. And yeah, we, we can live our life. We pray and then we live our life as an example of, by the way we, we live but also the way we speak. You know and I know how much words can bring somebody up and bring someone down. Look at your home. How many times in your home someone said something to you in your home and, you were, and it was really terrible and you were down and depressed? And how many times in your home someone said something to you that was amazing or encouraging and you're up like that? Words are powerful. And if you are sharing about the goodness and forgiveness and mercy of God, in your life, people are going to take that and it's going to lift them up. In this dark world where there is so much problems, you and me are going to be the light. Now look guys, I know we've seen broken marriages, but I promise you I've seen marriages that were broken so bad. People said, and I remember one specifically, this will never be healed. It's been healed. This marriage I'm thinking about, and there's a couple. Said, no way, it's terrible, it's over, it's finished. I'm thinking about them today, and I see Daddy shows me pictures on Facebook about them. They're like the happiest couple in the whole world. I'm not saying every marriage is going to end up like that, but in a dark world where we say everything is broken, there is a chance at healing. And one thing I love the most, I know as priests, we love the most, is someone who's away from God and has been encouraged by some of you, and they come back from the dead. Because of words of encouragement, because of words of life, like we heard today, we have to speak. We're not speaking to say that we're better than someone. We're also going through things too. We're not saying that if I speak to you about God, that means I'm not going through my own things, but we can't stay silent. There is the brokenness in the world. People are hurt. But that's why the church is there. That's why the church is there. And let's, look, let's continue these verses and look at verse 17 and 18. It says, but so, and it spreads no further among the people. Look what happens next to them. Let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in his, name, in his name, in this name. So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. Don't speak about Jesus. Isn't that what you feel outside today? When you go outside today, don't speak about Jesus. You can, you can talk about other things. You can talk about yoga and meditation and mysticism and whatever. It says, all those things you can talk about. But if you mention the name Jesus, sorry, you can't do that. What I'm saying is, we don't have to say it in a way that makes people feel bad. But I'm not going to feel bad to open my heart to someone out there who's struggling and talk about God. 
Like I told you during Holy Week, I don't know if you attended, but there was a guy from the Dollar General down the street here. He looked like he was having the worst day possible. The worst day possible. He was like, it was two lines, and he's a cashier at the Dollar General. The first one was, was the lady, the second one was the guy, and he just had a bad day. And he was, he was like, I thought he was going to cry. So I said, let me just join his line, and let me see if I can just say one or two words of encouragement. I'm telling you, I didn't say much. But what I did say, he was just like latching on saying, thank you so much, I need that. Actually, where are you from? And I told him where we're from and what we're doing. He said, give me your email, give me your number. Here's my number. I need to come back again. And even this day, I'm supposed to, I feel guilty. I'm supposed to call him. He gave me his number to call him. And I will call him. But I wanted to say something is that it doesn't take much. People out there are just down. And it just might be that you and me can say one or two words of life to bring them back. And here, don't speak to me about, don't speak again about Jesus. Don't speak again. But look, what they, look at the response of Peter and John. And this response, I think, we, I underline what I love about it. Let me read it with you. It says, But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Have you seen and heard anything about God that you love? Have you seen God's hand in your life? You, you have. I'm sure you have lots of stories. I, I have lots of stories. I know you have lots of stories. And I'm telling you that no, no, I don't have any stories. That God didn't do anything. No, I promise you. If you just sit down for 10 minutes and think about what God has done up to this point in your life, you're going to say, God is great. God is present. And you have more than you think to share. More than you think. And you hear Peter and John like, I, I can't hold it in. I have to tell, I have to be honest. I have to tell you what I've seen and I've heard. You say, I can't tell people what I've seen her. And some of us would say, I haven't seen anything. I would challenge you to go and think about it. Remember St. Peter? How much he loved Jesus? And how much he hurt him by denying him? Remember that? And how much after the resurrection, you see it more clearly, that Jesus really forgave him? And St. Peter said, because I did that to him, and he loves me, and he forgave me, and I'm, I'm his forever. I'm going to tell everybody about him. I challenge you to think about how much God has loved and forgiven you and me, and how much we should be like St. Peter, saying, no, I'm, I'm, I'm forever in his debt to do more for him. And like I said, whatever you're excited about, whatever you love, you speak about. Like at home, I'll tell you, you know, Josiah, my son, he is non-stop talking about sports. Like, he would give me statistics about every single player in the NBA. I challenge you to, to, to test him. I'm telling you, like he just, he loves basketball so much. I love basketball, but I think he loves basketball. He took it to another degree, and he knows statistics about every, and I'm like, I don't even know that player existed. I don't even know who that is. And because he loves something so much, he speaks passionately about it. Right? And I think we're all the same. Like Mary Grace and Dahlia, just this weekend, we saw two cute dogs, not killer ones, but just two cute dogs at someone's house. And they're like, 
we love dogs, we want a dog. And then we talk about dogs forever. I don't want a dog, but let's just keep it on the record. I don't want but we'll, you know, I'm having a hard time winning that one at home. But anyways, they love, and they just speak and speak and speak. And even Mary Grace loves something called slime. I don't know if your parents have the kids, the slime and the squishies and the thingies. There's so many things that they, and she would say, let's go watch videos about slime. Like, watch videos about slime. Like, <clears throat> isn't it better just to play with this slime? And I'll just watch videos, like, for 15 minutes about slime. I still don't get that point, but she loves it so much she can watch videos about slime. And all of us are the same, right? If you love a movie, if you love gardening, if you love whatever, whatever you love, <clears throat> you speak about it. How come it's not the same with our life with God? It should be, shouldn't it? Shouldn't it be, we love God so much, I've seen what He's done in my life. Let me talk about that passionately. Let me talk about that to others. And that just makes me think that I'm missing a chance, an opportunity. Even at the end of liturgy, I don't know if you guys notice at the end of liturgy, the priest will say, Love God the Father, grace of his only begotten Son, gift and fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Go in peace. May the peace of the Lord be with you. Amen. Do you guys know what all that means? It means that you heard the word go. Go in peace and may the peace of the Lord be with you as you go. But most people think that is Thanks. Like they almost like catch it. Abuna's saying peace. I caught the peace. I got the peace now. And that's it. No. You know actually that some early fathers and even late common fathers of recent, they have something called liturgy after liturgy. You ever heard that term? What it means is what you did here, what you received here, go with it, take it, and go with it out there and tell everybody about it. Does that make sense? So, what do you receive in the church every Saturday or Sunday? Or whatever day you go to church. You take it, and you go with it. Okay? And, and you take that peace of God, and the love of God, and the forgiveness of God, and the healing of God, and you take it to every person you meet. We are now transmitting it. Now, now we're vessels. Right? That's how it works. And it's by our behavior, and by our speech. We can't let that one go. And just another way to look at it is, you know, guys, if you get healing for a rare disease from a specific doctor, and that doctor was the only one who can heal that specific rare disease, and you are healed from a rare disease, and somebody you know out there has the same rare disease, what are you going to do? Are you going to tell them about that doctor, or are you going to keep it to yourself? If you have any heart at all, which I know you do, if that doctor healed your disease and that person next to you is sick, you're going to run to them and say, look, you've got to get to this doctor. And I want to tell you what this doctor did. And that's what God expects from us. There is a doctor who can heal a lot of our pain, suffering, challenges, a lot of our worries, a lot of our fears. There is, and you know, and people need to know, and people need to hear it should even happen in our own homes. Sometimes I notice something really interesting is in our own homes we're afraid to speak. Imagine, that's your family. No, we don't, we just, everyone knows. No, you must speak there. Your good friends, who you have forever are good friends. You can start with them as well. And it goes from there. It doesn't have to be just strangers on the street. But I'm definitely telling you, a world changer can change the world right in front of them. 
and they don't even realize. There's a nice quote by um, Metropolitan Anthony Bloom. It's a little bit of a long quote, but I want you to stay with me, okay? You just stay with me for a second. The quote is amazing, and I want you to stay with me. Let's, let's go through it together. It says here, No, it is not that. It means this. You have been on the mountain of transfiguration. You have seen the glory of God. So basically saying, you have seen how good God is. You've seen His glory. You have been on the road to Damascus. You have faced the living God. You have been in the upper chamber. You have been here and there in Galilee and Judea and all the mysterious places where one meets God. So you have seen and you have tasted God's goodness, what He's done. Go now. And if you tr truly you have discovered joy, how can you not give joy to others? You experience the joy of God, how can you not give it to others? If truly you have come near to the truth, how can you keep it to yourselves? If truly something has been kindled in you, which is life, are you going to allow anyone not to have a spark of life? It does not mean go around and tell everyone specifically religious things or you use clerical phrases, you know, the, the Christian jargon, the funny terminologies. No, just be you. You see light, you've got joy. Just go and share that with someone. It doesn't have to be complicated, is what's saying here. It means you should go, listen to this, into the world, which is yours with a radiance, with a joy, with an intensity that will make everyone look at you and say, He has something he hadn't before. Is that truly God has come near? He has something he had never had before which I do not possess. Joy, life, certainty, a new courage, a new daring, a vision. Where can I get it? That's what, honestly, that's what I pray people can say about us. I've seen something special in these guys right here. I've seen something that's radiating light and joy and courage. I've seen something and I want some of that. When we meet people and we talk to people, they gotta, they gotta see something and hear something different. They can't just hear that I'm just a normal, we're not normal, we're, we're ex, like, not ordinary but extraordinary. I really believe that. If we've been with Him, and we heard today communion with Him, united with Him, then we should be Him out there. And we can't hold it in, guys. I can't hold it in. This quote says, this person has something I've never seen before. Actually, I've seen this person before and I've seen this person after and this is something different. Something special. We speak boldly what we believe deeply. Here's a question. How do I speak boldly? What do you mean, Abuna? What should I do now? How can I come up there and speak boldly? I'm, I'm afraid to speak. I don't, I'm shy to speak. I don't want to do that. I mean, leave that for some, leave that for the father, leave that for some deacons and some missionary. Leave that stuff for somebody else. How do I speak, speak boldly? You guys know I always tell you stories of the mission. But I'm going to tell you about my very, very, I've mean, told this before, but I don't know if I've told you, but my very, very, very first mission to Africa. I still remember it so vividly. We were, it was the year 2000. And we were preparing for many months for this trip to Tanzania and Kenya. And I'm like, the preparation is going well. But then the preparation before we left, one thing I was really worried about, which was we had to come up with like a preaching to go to the marketplace to say something about God in front of many people. That was the thing that I was the most nervous about. I remember clearly, I was 
always worried and shaky and, and, and anyways, we get on the ground in, in Kenya and Tanzania and it's time to preach. So the bishop there, Bishop Paul, would call upon, okay, it's your turn, go and speak now. So every time he would look to call on someone, I would do my best to try to move away to the back, hiding from him. Honestly, this is a true story. Now we move, now we find a way over there, and he would look around, he's got these eyes, he can look at you, and he's looking around, and he's like really intimidating, but he's it's just amazing. He's, he can see right through you almost, those kind of eyes. Anyways, we get to the last stop, and then I'm like, maybe. Didn't, I didn't get called on to preach, which I was the most. And all of a sudden, there was a huge gathering. I mean, it was probably the biggest, 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 biggest gathering of that day. And then he comes and finds me and says, it's your turn. I'm like, hope there's somebody behind me. It's your turn. Go up there. Honestly, I'm not joking. I was like sweating. Like I was sweating. I was shaking. I think I lost vision. I had blurred vision. I, I'm serious. I couldn't see anything. I go up there shaking and sweating. I'm sure people, people thought I looked crazy. <clears throat> and I just started speaking. And I don't know what I said. I was just hoping I wouldn't convert someone away from Jesus. That was the only that was the only concern. And I just shared. And I just shared. And I just shared whatever was in my heart. And from that day on, I didn't like sharing. I don't like preaching, but I knew this is what I had to do. I didn't want to do it. Sharing about God is awkward, it's weird, it's hard. It's, it's even hard for me now, to be honest with you. So it's, it's something that I, I feel like God needs us to do. It's a need. He's entrusted us to do. It's not a want, but it's a need. I love God just like you love God. I need to share about Him, and so do you. Now, I'm going to ask you to go share in a marketplace in Africa. But I'm telling you, I realized at that moment, if I'm willing to share to strangers, I better open up to at least my family. So I came back and started doing that, my good friends. And it went on from there. You can't be shy. Like God did so many good things to us. I can't keep that in. And like I said, God does want you to change the world. It doesn't have to be Africa. But there's a world right in front of you that you see every day that God is entrusting you to share and to open up. So what should we say? Easiest thing to share when you want to talk to somebody about God. That's probably the question. Okay, so what do I say? Here are some places to start. Before and after. So what does that mean? I believe every single person in this church listening at home. There's always a before, who you were, and there's an after, who you become. You wouldn't be here listening right now if there wasn't. There was a you before and there was a you after. How did you get to the after? What happened in your life? What did, what did you do? What did God do? How did, how did, what was the church's role? What, did that, what exactly happened to make you where you are? Right now, some of your servants, priests, deacons, faithful Christians. How did it happen? Weren't you away? Weren't you doing something else? There was a before and there's, a, there's an after. If you sit down and just think about that, you realize, I have a story. Every one of us has a story. And it's clear, even in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, you know this verse by memory, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, so all things have become new. New creation. Old, then new. So what happened? Oh, I remember I used to go to those bad places, and used to do that, and used to do that. 
but not anymore. How did you how did you stop going to those places? How do you change the language that you used to curse and say bad things and now you used to do all these things and now you don't and you're a faithful servant in the church? You're active and you're committed to your reading in the Bible and you're you're different. How do you get from the old to the new? That's a story to tell. And you thought some people would say, I'm the same. There's nothing, I'm the same. I disagree. You wouldn't be here right now if you didn't have a story to tell. And some of us may think, okay, but you know, I, that was a long time ago when I changed from my old life to my new life, right? So, but remember in 2 Corinthians 3.18, we always go from glory to what? Who remembers the next part? Glory to glory. That means that if I'm coming closer to God, into His glory, I go from glory again to glory. Guess what happens when you reach glory? You go from glory again to glory. What I'm trying to say is there's always a a new thing that God's doing in us. So yeah, there might be a vivid memory of when God changed you from really, really, really bad to, to where you are now, but that's a constant process. There's many stories to tell. There's many things He's going to do to grow us. What I'm trying to say is, those are the things that people need to hear about. That's how we can change people's lives by our speech, because people need to hear how you went from this to this to this to this to this to this. And don't ever say God didn't do anything. That's not true. If you sit down, ask people close to you, ask people you trust, I'm sure you'll get a different message. So it's the before and after. And there's such a significant difference. God is working. God is working. And, you know, it's clear, you know, there's always a before and after. You know, if you look at, sometimes on social media, there's people who take pictures before, when they're heavy and have a lot of weight, and then they take a picture after, right? So we always, there's a before and after there. And there's sometimes one where you're, you, you know, like you go to a hair salon, and your hair was all like destroyed and ugly and whatever, and you come out beautiful. And then if you were to say, okay, I remodeled my home, and, and, and when I come to your home, you said it's remodeled, but if a door falls off, it wouldn't make any sense. What I'm trying to say is, there's a before and after and everything. Think about it. What do you think we do at work? We're trying to do something, we're trying to improve something. School, there's a before, I didn't know this, now I know this. But in our life with God, is the same way. There's a before, and there's an after. There's a before, and there's an after. We need to talk about it. We need to share it. Because we always share when we lose weight. Look before, I was this much, and look now. We always share that. People are happy to see about that. Right? People are always happy with those before and afters. But there's many more that we should talk about. There's one thing that I remember when I was working before I was a priest. Before and after story. And I was a consultant in a, in a firm, and I remember it, I, I just kind of learned, I was in the early days of just learning how to fast, um, like the fast of Great Lent, you know, you have to fast for many hours. Anyways, I don't know what happened, but there was something happened at work where I'm fasting, I'm going to church, people know I've started going to church and things like that. One day, I was with a co-worker, and he did something really bad um, that hurt us as a team, so I gave it to him. And I really gave it to him so badly that our boss came, took me into his office. And I thought he was going to praise me for giving it to him because he messed it up for the team, but he wasn't, he wasn't praising me. You know what he said to me? Something I'll never forget. 
He said, I see you're fasting too much. He's not a believer. He's like, not a, I said, what do you mean? So I notice you're fasting a lot. You always talk about this fasting. I see you're not eating anything. You're fasting too much, and I can see that you're agitated. Because you're fasting, you're agitated, and you're treating the team members in a very negative way. Like, what do you mean? And I was really blown away. I was really blown away that I was hoping I would have this, you know, I, I had it before, where I was really, really, really angry and, and short-tempered. And I still have it in me that I'm trying to get it out all the time. God is working from glory to glory. But at that point, that day, I promise you, it stopped me in my tracks and said, I got, I got to live differently. I got to speak differently. I got to live differently. I started praying to God, do something in me. So if you're at that point, you don't know what to say. First thing is, God, do something in me. Work in me. And eventually, he's going to use you to speak. And I remember the years that followed, I would talk about God openly on conference calls with others. But I'll never forget September 11, 2001. We were near the Pentagon in one of our client sites. And uh, I wasn't as close as some to the site of the, of, the, of, of the plane crashing in the Pentagon, but I was near. And I'll never forget this day. Because all the people on our team were really worried. Some were crying. And they all came to my desk and they said, we need you to pray for us right now. And I wasn't a priest. And this was sometime after this fasting story, like a couple, about a year later. And then I realized there was a before and there was not after. Now, I'll never forget that day. We're all holding hands on September 11, 2001, and I'm just praying. And I'm just praying. And everybody there is so worried and so um, distraught of what happened. And I just remember that God did something to take me from glory to glory, from old to new. And I had to be open about who I am and what I'm about. And you should do the same wherever you are. I'm not saying make people feel bad. But I'm saying there is time to speak. And people needed it. Like people were running to my desk. They were saying, look, I need you to pray. And I was just like, this is a really bad day. But it was a really good day as well. So that's what I want you to think about. It's clear in the Bible. This happens so many times, right? Like you know the Samaritan woman met Christ. She was different. We know the blind man, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know. That though I was blind, now I see. I was blind and now I see. I'm sure you can say that. There was a time of blindness. There's a time of seeing. When you look at the disciples, you look at the Samaritan woman, you look at Zacchaeus, you're like, these people were lost. They were blind. And now they see. If we can see, we better tell people I can see. Come on. we got to tell people that we can see. If God has done something in your marriage, tell people about that. If God has done something where you were never going to church and you're going to church, tell people about that. You can probably tell people that you were dishonest before and now you're like, more. you have integrity. Whatever it is that God has done in you, He's made a change. We we have to speak about that. So, is it easy? No. But it's not complicated. It's not easy, but it's not complicated. Here's what I need you to do now. Here's what we need to do together. It's a challenge. I'm going to give you a challenge. If you want to change the world, there's going to be a challenge. These are the three things we need to do. Number one is, like I told you earlier, prepare your story. You were, now you are. I used to, now I don't. Here's what my life looks like now. And if you still say, well, I'm really not doing anything good, but you're still not there. So we have to see, sit down with yourself. 
sit down with someone close to you and say, do I have a story to say? Do I have something to share? I'm sure you do. All of us do. Pray for opportunities to share it. God will give you opportunities. Like you did at Dollar General, let me, you let me give a chance to share a little bit and proclaim it boldly. These are the kind of things we need to do. Look, I'm not here to talk about myself, but I have a story. Some of you know it, some of you don't. I still remember being far from God at college. I remember coming close to God right after because of people in the church. I'm telling you, the people in the church at that time, I was at George Mason University. The church was like two minutes away. They were coming after me for the four years of college. I would ignore them. I'd say, no, I'm busy. Don't even try. But there's something that kept happening, happening, happening. I really felt the love of the church. They would speak. They would act. They would encourage. They would lift. Until they got me and it was for the best. Then I went on these mission trips. Then I went to passion retreats. Then I, I felt like God was just starting. I was just starting a journey. I wasn't close to God all my life. I wasn't one of those who was like born in the church and raised in the church. I felt really abroad in Saudi Arabia for many years. And when I came back, there was no church where I lived until I went to college. And that's when the story began. There is a story. And you have your own story. And I can't believe that God took me from, from that to, to leaving my job, to work in the church, to go to Africa, to be a priest. And now to come back in front of you today, like I can't believe that story. And I gave you the summary of it all, but don't worry about my story. What is your story? You have a story to share. Okay? It doesn't have to be my story. Your story is good. It can help someone. Okay? We can't compare stories. The point is you have a story. And you must think about it and must be grateful for it and must share it. Write it down and pray for opportunities to share what God is doing in your life and proclaim it boldly. Last thing here is just kind of remind you of one of the verses we did earlier. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. You have seen. You have heard a lot. There's been rough roads, good roads. There's been bad days and bad things we've done. And there's been death and there's been resurrection. There's been darkness and there's been light. You have all the stories there. You have your own story. Samaritan woman, she had a great story. Zacchaeus, great story. Disciples, apostles, St. Paul, St. Peter, great stories. Their stories. I shared like a one minute about my story. You also have the same. You also have the same. People need to hear it. Don't be shy anymore. It's a necessity. It's like air we breathe. People need to hear. People need to hear. If they don't hear from you, how will they come to him? That's what I always think about. If they don't hear from you, how are they going to come to him? This is our chance to change the world that's right in front of us. Let's pray for that. And glory be to God forever. Amen. Let's stand up and pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Thank you, Lord, for changing us. Thank you, Lord, for coming after us, sending people to us, lifting us up, giving us your mercy and grace and forgiveness. When we made so many mistakes against you, you forgave over, over, and over again. Thank you for that, Lord. Help us not to stay quiet. You're a good doctor. We've done a lot of healing in our life. Let's tell everyone about it, Lord. Help us to be courageous. Help us to have boldness to do so, Lord. We can't control it anymore, Lord. And let us not be abrasive. Let us not make people feel bad. Let's just share what we've seen and what we've heard. Thank you, Lord, for this church. Thank you for all those who are listening. 
please bless the rest of our day and give us opportunities to share your goodness to as many people as possible. We ask all this in the intercession of St. Mary, St. Mark, St. Timothy, St. Venice, and all the saints. Lord, hears as we say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth and in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. In Christ Jesus our Lord, and the kingdom of power. Thanks for joining us here today. You can find us on any social media platform and feel free to share a message that inspires you with family and friends. If there's anything we can do for you, visit our website and let us know how we can help or how we can pray for you. If you aren't receiving our weekly email, please click the Stay Connected button on our website. Have a great day.